This is the Purpose Church Podcast. We exist to help every person live on purpose. It is our prayer that this message helps you experience God in a brand new way. All right, all right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> well, hey, we're so glad you're here for Next Gen Takeover today. Um, man, it's just so exciting. Y'all should have seen first service. It's so exciting watching our next gen just just plant their feet in the house of God and serve one another and serve y'all. Um, it's it's an incredible thing to see to see God working in their lives. Um, it, it, if you're new here, this is a huge value on the heart of our church, on the heart of our pastors, uh, that the next generation is actively playing a part in the church because um, we call them the next gen, but really they're the now gen, they're the now generation happening here at the Purpose Church and. So so uh, if you're new here today, this is what our church feels like. We just happened to give them green lanyards today and, and told them to say hi to y'all. But this is what this is what our church values is the next gen. Um, Crystal brought it up earlier in the worship set, but um, one thing we value is thinking three. And that's, that's one of our values here at the Purpose Church. And all that means is thinking three generations past yourself and leaving a life of, living a life of legacy and leading a life of legacy for your students, for your kids. Um, and that's exactly what we hope you see today is that we are just thinking three, three generations down. Um, how am I going to lead a life of legacy in my life? Today you have a treat before you. Uh, but before we jump into that, I just wanted to mention, when you walked into service today, you got a connection card. It's that the thing inside the booklet. And, and if you're new, just we'd love to connect with you. We'd love to, to get that card. So fill it out. Fill out any prayer requests so our team can pray over you. And you can drop that in the bucket at the end of service. And they'll talk more about that. Uh, but like I said, y'all are in for a treat today. We have three amazing communicators. Y'all can go ahead and come on out. We have three amazing communicators today that are a part of our Purpose Youth. And they are, they have been preparing and they're excited. Um, if y'all were here for five on seven, uh, this is more of a, a take on it. It's three on 10. So we have three students. They each have 10 minutes to share what God is doing and has done in their life. And, and last service, they had me tearing up. Uh, <laughs> uh, God is using them in incredible ways. And um, we're just so excited for them to be able to share with you what God has placed on their heart. Before we jump into that, I just want to go ahead and consecrate this moment to the Lord and pray. Um, and so if y'all would bow your heads, Lord, thank you so much for this moment. Thank you for this holy moment that we get to be in your presence, Lord. We get to experience what you're doing in our next gen, what you're doing in our next generation, our now generation. Lord, God, we're just, we're in awe of you. God, today, would our eyes be only on you? God, would our faith be built by the stories of your youth? In Jesus' name, amen and amen. The first student I want to invite up, uh, his name is Colton. And Colton is, Colton is my man. He's my dude. Uh, but he has an incredible story for y'all. So see, the rules are, as soon as I hand him this mic, um, he, his time starts. So are you ready? So God, God has changed me in so many ways, but first we got to go back to how my life was before God. So before God, I wasn't much of a leader, really. I would tear people down and nobody wants to be teared down after they've made a mistake. You know, when you make a mistake. So I would tear people down instead of building them up and when 
I became, or not became, but once I started living in the world, I learned how to lead from him. He, he taught me to build people up instead of tear them down and just reassure them. And he also showed me what love was. I, I never really fully experienced what true love was because God is love. Jesus is love. And without him in your life, you won't ever really experience true love. So I remember the very first time that he had ever spoke to me. It was um, at YFN, which is our youth camp that we go to. And it was my first time ever being in a setting like that. I've never gone to a youth camp or a kids camp at that time. And I like to express myself in worship a little bit. So, yeah. Um, I remember just expressing myself in worship. And then there was a little thought in the back of my head. And all of a sudden, I got all shy and I got embarrassed. And then I remember a very clear voice coming over me and just saying, why? Why are you embarrassed? Why? And I had ended up praying about it and realizing that I need to worship how I feel and that I was made to express God how I feel that way and that he's worth the worship. God God is beyond it. Like, he's amazing. He's worth all the love and worship you have to give. And that once he really talked to me, I finally felt real love. And I felt like he came and he gave me a big, big hug, just a big bear hug around me and showed me that love. And it started a fire. It helped me so much. And what was once a foundation that was super weak, that a wind or simple rain could come knock it over became what I feel like a very strong foundation. But the foundation wasn't because of me. It was because I had finally put my faith in the Lord. I had finally gone to him and let him lead my foundation. And Timothy 2.19 says, but God's truth stands like a firm foundation stone with his inscription. And then Later on, it goes and basically says, like, God knows who are his and that, like, he loves you. And before that, I had felt alone and scared. And I never really had that, that someone, that promise that someone was always with me. And when I got to camp this year, it was a lot different. It was a different experience because I wasn't the person who I was going into it, same as I was last year. I had had a different purpose this time. God had a different intention and plan for me. So I remember it was around the second night and they, I had just felt really heavy on my heart. And then I felt God talking to me saying, go, go up for prayer, Colton. You, you need prayer. And I had walked up to this dude who had never met me before. And he had asked me, like, what do, you, what do you need for prayer? And I didn't really know at the time what, what I needed prayer for. So I just asked him to use the Holy Spirit and discernment to guide. And this dude who had just met me was sitting there, and he was talking to me like he's known me my whole life. He was sitting there explaining 
these struggles I was going through that I didn't want to open up to anybody about. He was just, he was loving and caring. And it's what I needed at that time. And what he had said was to go back and I guess think about what God was telling you. And I had went and I remember going back to the chairs and going to the left of them and just standing there in his presence, trying to listen to what he had for me. And I remember me dropping down to my knees from the Holy Spirit. And it was one of the first times I had ever surrendered fully to the Lord. Uh, It was, I had fear of surrendering to him before that. There was always a little something that I wasn't fully ready to give the Lord yet. And it's because thinking of having, putting your faith in someone fully is, is hard, but God's so amazing that he's worth it, that he, he loves you so much and he wants you to put that faith in him. Right. And I didn't, I hadn't yet. And I kept that one thing in the darkness and the devil thrives in the darkness. He, he can't live in Jesus's light. So I had finally surrendered and brought it to the surface. And I just felt a weight just come off of my shoulders. Such, such a heavy weight I was carrying, I felt come off of my shoulders. And I had so many peers and lead, even leaders, wonderful leaders praying over me, trying to help me through it. But not only did that weight come off my shoulders, I was finally able to hear the Holy Spirit very clearly. And, and he was talking to me finally. And I remember that night I had gone and I'd sit in my bunk just for 15, 20 minutes maybe. And I had just listened and prayed with God and see what he had said to me. And I realized something really big at camp, both at kids camp and my youth camp was that in prayer, you can't just talk the whole time. You have to pray, but then you also have to take a minute and listen to what God's trying to say. It's like, ever having a conversation, if I was talk to somebody and only ever share what was going on in my life, I'd never know anything about them. So I had went and then I had listened to what he had said. And he was just telling me to have boldness and to learn how to pray stronger and through him and be led to pray over people. So the next morning when we had went to our breakout session, they started had an altar call and they were basically telling everybody that was like, if you feel the boldness to go out and pray, to pray over people. And it was no coincidence at all that God the night before had told me to go and pray over people. It happened on a purpose. So when they had do that, did that, I went and I prayed over eight people maybe, but I had one dude who really said that I had spoke to him in a way and that was just the Holy Spirit inside of me, using my tongue to help somebody, which is so amazing to think that you can be used for God, to help God and help with his kingdom. And, and even with the thank three, like that maybe something that you had prayed or said over this person will go and affect their ch- children and then their grandchildren and then continue. So... Later that night, they had they had also had an altar call, but this time they were calling people with much bigger problems, people who had suicidal thoughts or drug addictions or things such as that. 
and I had met a friend named Brandon, and friend's a great dude. We had gone and prayed over like 15 people, but there was one person at the front of the altar who kept standing out to us, and me and Brandon were like, hey, let's go pray over this dude. So we had went to go pray, and we probably prayed for him for about 15, 20 minutes, and he had came up to me and Brandon after and had basically said that he had suicidal thoughts and that he was thinking about going home and killing himself. And he even had told me and Brandon how, or he told me how, I don't know if he told Brandon, he told me how. And it was, it was just powerful. I, I broke down in tears. I really did. I, I finally learned at camp that it's, it's good to show emotions, that the Lord intends us to show emotions. Even Jesus wept. If Jesus cried, I'm good enough to cry. And everyone has a calling and a purpose. And I truly do believe that what God has done in my life, he will do in every single person's life who puts their faith in him. And he's truly changed me in a way I want for every single person in this room. And it's just amazing. And just remember that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. All right, thanks, Colton. Thanks, bro. You hit your time again. <laughs> all right. Our next communicator, Gwyneth Vieira. Don't forget your notes. Gwen has an awesome story, and I can't wait for her to share with y'all. She doesn't have the mic yet. Oh my gosh, I scare myself every single time I have this mic in my hand. <sighs> okay, so my faith journey really started in 2019. I went to a Christian student conference with this church that we're with right now. I don't recall thinking about God at the time. I remember just really wanting to make friends because I didn't have very many. I was homeschooled and I had like a next door neighbor friend, but she moved and we just... I was alone. I encountered God for the first time during worship at that conference. I remember walking out of that worship center crying with tears of joy because the Lord had filled me with his presence. After that, I like I even remember walking out of that worship center being like, I'm getting baptized. Like, we're doing this. I love God. He's real. I know who he is. Um, and I had gotten baptized. And... It was just, it felt so real, but for some reason, I didn't focus on God after that. Like, I got baptized, well, I got baptized and was like, okay, I believe in God now at the end. Like, I didn't, I didn't read the Bible. I didn't take time to actually have conversations or have deep prayers. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't on my mind. It wasn't something I took time for every day. In 2020, the church was sending us to Camp Zephyr, where I'd made these long-term friendships and had another encounter with God. But again, I still put no effort in really getting to know who God was. 
then 2021 comes around, we go back to Camp Zephyr, and for some reason I didn't get the memo and had another encounter with God and still decided to just do, 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 and walk around with my boring, depressing life. Last year, my friends and I, we weren't going back to Camp Zephyr, and a lot of us were not thrilled because we loved Zephyr so much because it was so much fun. And we did encounter God, but God had a better plan for us last year. On the way to Youth for the Nations, it was a sad car ride. It was very bummy, and I felt bad for Ethan because all of us were sad (laughs) and didn't want to go up there. But that's because I wasn't going for the right reasons. Um, When we got there, we went to the night service, and I was absolutely, like, hit in the face with how powerful that sermon was. I remember God filling most of us with the Holy Spirit, and we were so incredibly pumped for day two. We were like, let's do this. I love this. This is 25,000 times better. So excited. Um, if I'm being completely honest, I don't remember what that second, second day, second night service was about. I just remember it speaking to me so clearly. Towards the end of the service, the woman who was giving the message told us to ask for healing And I already spoke about this last year for Next Gen Takeover, and thinking about that makes me cringe so hard. And the fact that my sister has that on video (laughs) makes me cringe. I'm never watching that ever. Um, But for those who don't know, I have a lung disease, so when being told to pray for healing, that was like immediate thought to my brain. So I prayed and prayed for healing, and I felt that my faith was so strong. Jesse had come to pray over my medical healing, and he told me that God had given him a vision of holy water clearing out my lungs. When our youth group had left that worship center, I felt, I stayed in there, and I felt like, I felt like God wasn't listening to me. But Talia and Jesse stayed behind with me, and tried talking to me and tried getting words out of me so they knew what was going on, but I was too embarrassed because I was on the floor crying, snotting boogies everywhere, and (laughs) he didn't heal me, so it was kind of embarrassing, I guess, for me. Um, I remember Jesse saying he thought that I had doubt, and that was right on the dot exactly how I felt. I felt like I trusted in you so much, God. Like, I'm on the floor crying. I'm surrendering to you. Why won't you just heal me? Like, I believe in you. When I went back to the dorms, I wrote down everything that had happened that night and just really thought everything through because Talia had told me, like, really think on this. I know it's overwhelming, but just think about everything that happened tonight. After that, I had, after I had given it thought, I started to really think about how God spoke through Jesse and gave him a vision about exactly what I was praying for. So either Pastor Jesse is some sort of mind reader or God was actually listening to my prayers. There was a reason as to why I was not healed that night. Before that encounter, I wasn't 100% sure God was real. I had like that 80% faith. But between the encounters I've had, with God in the past, and Pastor Pastor Jesse knowing exactly what I was thinking, 
in that exact moment, I was like, God is real. Like he, he heard that. He heard my cries. There's no way that Jesse just knew exactly what I was thinking. Like he's listening to me. He sees me on the floor crying out to him. This kind of reminds me of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I don't know if I said those right this time. (laughs) They believed God would save them from the blazing furnace, but said, even if he doesn't, we will never serve Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Even though he did not heal me, I still choose to follow him because he's good. I think it's incredibly important to recognize that I may not have received healing, but I received eternal life. Romans 10.9 says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him, you'll be saved. After taking a second to step back and think through everything that had happened in my life, I believed exactly that. Since then, I've not had doubt in my mind that God is who he says he is. And over the last year, I've struggled with depression and guilt here and there. But that's what it is to be human. And we have to put hope in God's deliverance. Going into camp this year, I tried not to have expectations because I didn't want to assume what God was going to do in my life. I didn't want to expect anything from him when he knows what's right for me. But what bit me in the butt was, for some reason, I was expecting, like, another breakthrough like I had last year. Again, it's not boogers on the floor, crying everywhere and surrendering to God. But it wasn't like that. Um, And I was like, I just remember being so confused, like, well, what's happening now? Like, I don't hear you. I kept asking God for a private one-on-one encounter. And for two days, I didn't feel like I had one because I wasn't listening to him. Day two, I woke up, prayed, and was like, we're going to have a little one-on-one moment today, Jesus. Like, you're going to speak to me. I'm going to hear your voice. We're doing this. That night, I was praying to feel the Holy Spirit the way I had last year. About 10 minutes into that prayer, I gave up and said, you know what, this whole praying for myself thing really isn't working for me right now. So I took a second and I look up and I was just like, I'm going to go pray over somebody else because God doesn't have anything for me right now. I look over to my right and I see one of my friends on his knees. So I was like, okay, let's pray for him. That was the first time I felt called to pray over somebody, though it was quiet and he couldn't hear me. It was still the first time I ever felt called by God to help somebody else. Then after that, I see this girl in front of me, so I wormed my way over to her, and I got on the floor with her, and I prayed over her, and my prayer was so much louder and so much stronger, and I could see, like, her body language changes. I was praying for her. Like, I know that the Holy Spirit was taking over me in that moment. I know that what I was saying was speaking to her on a deeper level. After that... Saw my friend behind me, and I prayed over her. It's just like I was having these constant callings. Um, I don't know if what I said really spoke to her on a personal level, but I realized that we shouldn't be afraid to pray over somebody just because we think it won't speak to them. It's still a prayer over them, and God hears that. I was searching and searching for a personal encounter. Then it took me two days to realize it wasn't me who needed that this time. He was using me to pray for these people I didn't even know because they were in that same place I was in last year. It's so easy for us to overthink our relationship with him and get caught up with ourselves, but having a perfect relationship with him after that one encounter isn't realistic. 
took me this long to get where I am. It's taken me five years to get where I am. And I still have a lot to learn. I know I've said a lot, but another thing I'd want you to take away from this is don't put so much pressure on yourself. God's not impressed with how many chapters you can read or how many people you can pray for in a night. If you continue to show up and give yourself to him daily and stop for a second to listen to him, God will use you in ways you never thought you could be used in and for other people for their benefit. I'll forever be in awe of the ways he used me this year and will continue to use me for years to come. All right, and thank you so much, Gwen. Our uh, last communicator, Kylie Thiel. So excited for what she's going to share. You ready? Hi, second service. Um, Good morning. Okay, I got my nerves out for first service. Okay. Um, Before I knew God and... Before I really knew the word and familiarized myself with his character, I had this mindset of, well, if Jesus is really with me, then why did I go through all these terrible things? And if only Jesus had been there, my mental health never would have collapsed. And if Jesus was real, then the addictions that run in my family never would have began in the first place. And I asked this question along with majority of humanity. And the question is, if God is so good, why do bad things happen to good people? I asked, where was God during the wars or in poverty? Where was he in the massacres? And I don't think it's a coincidence or an accident that the first question God asked humanity is, where are you? In the midst of my pain and my struggles, I know I wasn't picking up my Bible and I wasn't talking to God through prayer or even listening to what he had to say to me. In John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. If I wasn't reading the word, how else was I going to grow close to God? No wonder I was asking where he was. So then where was Jesus when I was struggling? Well, I now know that he was there all along and I was the one that was missing in this relationship. I used to think that God was waiting on the other side of my trials, ready to congratulate me for making it through when really God is the one who carried me through it. It's always been hard for me to wrap my head around that fact. When it comes to a relationship with Jesus, it's kind of a struggle sometimes because I can't see Jesus sitting in front of me. Jesus is not on earth with us right now, but I know the Holy Spirit is in this room and the Holy Spirit dwells in me. Before Youth for the Nations camp this year, I was struggling and I was drowning in sin and depression, anxiety, insecurity, and the chains that were on my life were so suffocating and I wanted wanted free from them. So I turned to the one person that has never let me down and never walked away, and that's Jesus. And after praying and asking for guidance, I felt read to read. I felt led to read Matthew 14. In Matthew 14, the disciples are in this boat during a storm, and Jesus walks towards them on the water, and they get scared. They think he's a ghost. And Peter then says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus does so, and at first Peter's walking on the water as his eyes are locked in on Jesus, but he gets distracted by the surrounding storm and the monstrous waves, and he begins to sink. But Peter calls out to him for help, and Jesus pulls him out of the water. I think Peter receives a lot of hate for the choices that he made, 
and I was one of the people that would hate on him. I would say, if I saw everything Peter saw, if I saw all the signs and wonders in person, I would never deny Jesus. But I would say that while still choosing to hide the parts of me that want to love Jesus publicly because I was scared to be labeled as weird or crazy by the world. Me and Peter have a lot more in common than I thought. And instead of continuing to judge him and cringe at his choices, I'm going to sympathize with him. The first time I had a real encounter with my Heavenly Father was at YFN 2022 last year, and it was unlike anything I had ever experienced. I really couldn't put it into words. It was beautiful, but also uncomfortable. And just like the disciples when they saw Jesus walking on water, I was scared because I was seeing Jesus do things I had no idea were possible. Um, and after 15 years of saying yes to the world, it was difficult, uncomfortable, and an awkward transition to turn my life around and start saying yes to God instead. Prior to YFN 2022, I was in that boat of depression, insecurity, and just pain. I was searching for happiness in places God did not intend me to. After my experiences at camp, the first year, I knew I wanted to get out of that boat. And I knew in order to stay above the water, I had to keep my eyes locked in on Jesus. A month later, school started and distractions entered my life. And at first, it's easy to put all my faith in Jesus when he's the only one that has my attention. But as time went on, God didn't have my attention anymore. And just like Peter, I was distracted with everything going on around me. I started to live by sight and not by faith. And so I started to sink once again. But unlike Peter, I had let the world convince me that asking for help was weak. So I kept my mouth shut, I didn't turn to God, and I let myself drown. I didn't know who I was anymore because I didn't know my creator. So I became whoever everyone else wanted me to be. I had seen God do real miracles at camp, and I somehow still let the world convince me that a relationship with him was fake and unnecessary. I had viewed YFN youth for the nations as the place that was going to save me instead of Jesus. I thought I can't encounter God outside of a place like YFN. I had confined God's power and his greatness to a singular place. As YFN 2023 grew closer, I fell further and further into depression. And a few of my close friends that I reached out to told me that it was the enemy and that he knew God was going to do miraculous things at camp. And he wanted to do, the enemy wanted to do everything in his power he could to stop me from going. But I already didn't want to go to camp because I thought that God was angry at me for giving up on my relationship with him when that can't be further from the truth. In reality, he just missed his daughter. A few weeks before camp, I heard my heavenly father calling me back to him. And he told me, Kylie, you went into camp broken last year, but this year I have different plans for you. I began to start reading my Bible every day because I know I can't survive off of Sunday's word, but I need daily bread. And not only did I want God to know me, but I wanted to know him. And that can only happen through reading his word, praying, talking to him, but also listening to what he has to say. Going into YFN 2023, I was still struggling to come to the surface and I was scared to completely surrender to God and give him my hand when all he wanted to do was pull me out of the water. But in contrast to last year, I was actually going into camp with a work in progress relationship with God. I did go into camp differently both years, so that meant I came out of camp differently both years. 
But there was one constant, and that was Jesus. Jesus always showed up. On the last night, Pastor Manny asked those who are ready to surrender their lives to come towards the altar and receive prayer. I remember at the time, we were up in the balcony, and as soon as I heard him say that, I just booked it for the stairs. I had made it about halfway to the front of the room when I started to question my decision. In that moment, I was overwhelmed with feelings of loneliness and sadness, and I was in a room full of 1,200 people, and I felt like not one of them could see me. That's when Pastor Manny did an altar call, and one of the struggles he mentioned was suicidal thoughts and self-harming. He asked those who struggle with this to wave their hand at him and come down to the very front of the altar. And I knew I wanted to raise my hand, but I was so scared about what the people around me would think if they saw me raise my hand. But at the same time, I still felt like not one of them could see me, so I raised my hand. At that exact moment, I felt someone wrap their arms around me and give me a hug, and I still have no idea who it was. I never saw their face, but I do know that God put them there to give me the physical hug that he couldn't in that moment. I knew he was proud of me for surrendering that struggle to him. I didn't have to hold on to it anymore. I started to make my way to the front of the room, and with every step, I felt lighter and lighter, and all the chains that were holding me down, some I didn't even know were there, were breaking off. When I touched the stage, I fell to the ground, and I just started weeping. Gwen described it pretty perfectly. There were tears and boogies everywhere. <laughs> I could barely breathe, and I couldn't speak, but there was one word that I could mutter between the sobs and sniffles, and it was the name of Jesus. I said his name over and over and over again. And at one point I sat up, still kneeling on the floor and I was breathing like I never had before as if I was just pulled out of the water. Kneeling on the ground before the altar, before Jesus was a sign of surrender. Jesus saw I was finally reaching out for him and he pulled me out of the water in that moment. He told me, do not forget who I say you are, you are my daughter. My whole life, I've been searching for a crowd to fit into. I've been searching for who I belong to, if anyone at all. This summer, I met my creator, and I learned why it's so important that we know who he is. I didn't know who I was or what I was supposed to do in life until I met him. I learned that my life is not mine, but it's his. If it was my life, then I would be responsible for pulling myself out of the darkness every single time. But because I know I now belong to God, my initial reaction to anything will be to turn to him because he's a good father and he's never let me down. There are so many beautiful things that happened at camp that I could stand up here and share for hours, but I want to close with this. I'm done finding my happiness in things that God did not intend me to. I'm done letting myself drown outside of God's presence. I'm replanting myself in God's garden, and I'm done being scared to move when God says to this season that I'm stepping into, a life driven by my love and obedience to Christ, is not going to be easy, but I know it's more than worth it. Thank you. So good. So good. Church, can we thank our teenagers for sharing with us today? Church, come on, y'all. We got somebody better than the Spurs in the house. They did a bold, brave, amazing thing today. We are so proud of each of them. You guys may be seated. 
We've got the band coming out. And, and if you're here with us for the first time, I just want to welcome you again from Pastor Landon and myself. We're so honored to have you join us on this really special day. And, and we, we end every service with a response time because our heart here at the Purpose Churches, it is that the lost are found. And it's also that the found are discipled. And what does it mean to be a disciple? It means that we hear the voice of God and we do what he says. And y'all, they preached God's word to us today. They preach God's word to us today. And so I want to op- we're going to open the altars here in a moment for us to have a chance to respond to the word that they've spoken. And there's a scripture, and it's in Isaiah 61. It's one that you may have heard before, but I believe that it's a now word for our students. And I, I agree, I agree that they are not the next gen, because if there was a, a next gen, then there was a then gen. And I don't ever want to be a then gen. If I'm alive and I'm breathing, God's got something in store for me today. He's got something in store for you today. And I believe that this scripture in Isaiah 61 is one that I want to speak over our students, speak over our kids. And I believe this is a word for them today are now Jen. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Anybody hear some good news today? They preach good news to us today. And they are, I believe that our teenagers, I believe that our youth, I believe that our kids are anointed and sent to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. And today, As we enter our response time, I wonder where you fall in this scripture. I wonder if you can identify with being brokenhearted. I wonder if you can identify with being captive, being held captive, maybe even by sin. I wonder if you can identify, as the word talks about, being poor. Maybe it's poor in spirit. Maybe it's poor in relationships. Maybe it's being poor in that you have been far from God. But where can you find yourself in this scripture? It says the opening of the prison doors to those who are bound. I believe that our youth are anointed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Maybe you need comforting today. To give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. And Kylie even ended with this. And and if we're going to be planted, there will be oaks of righteousness. The way that, that we flourish is that we are planted in God's house. When we're planted in God's house, then we can flourish. And this next part, I want to especially bring your attention to verse four. And it says, they shall build up ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. Guys, I want you to know the state of the world that we're in right now, the chaos of culture and, and, and the sin and, and the way the enemy is coming for our kids with anxiety, depression, suicide, addictions. Are, we are not leaving a great world in our kids' hands. Somebody's going to have to pick up the pieces from the, from the chaos around us. And the ones who are going to be picking up the pieces, it's not that they're just going to appear one day, guys. We're raising them up now. The students in front of us now will be the ones who are cleaning up the devastation. I'm not really great at math. I was not not a great math leap. So I'm going to work in, in, in tens here in 20 years. It'll be the year 2043 in 20 years. My almost 10-year-old will be 30. So those who are going into the fourth grade in 20 short years are going to be leaders. They're going to be dads. They're going to be moms. They're going to be small group leaders, worship leaders, pastors, church planters. Church, we need leaders to expand God's kingdom. 
And if we're going to raise up children who are going to become oaks of righteousness, it's going to be because we have taught them how to do it. This word says in verse 4, it says, they shall build up ancient ruined church. Can we teach our kids how to build? Can we teach them how to, how to hold a spiritual hammer and a spiritual saw? Can we teach them how to, how to build spiritual houses? It says that they shall raise up the former devastations. They need somebody to show them the way. There's a scripture in Luke that says, if we're silent, the rocks are going to cry out in our place. And I remember when I was in the eighth grade singing a song that ain't no rock going to cry out in my place. As long as I'm alive, I'm going to glorify his holy name. And we've made a decision as a family that ain't no rock going to cry out in my place. I'm going to do it. We've also made a decision that as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And what that means for me is that ain't no teenager going to outpraise me. No kid is going to get up before me to read their Bible. I'm going to be the first one up. I'm going to be on the front row. No kid's going to out-energize me when it comes to worshiping God. I don't want a kid to, to hear out here from God more than me. I want us to be a church that leads the way, that shows them where they're going, that can paint a picture for them of what God has in store for them. That we, we are showing them. It says that we're gonna raise, they're going to raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities and the devastations of many generations. These are the kids that we are raising up. It's the kids now. My question is, are we stewarding that which is in front of us? I got to go to kids camp this week, and it was an amazing week. Y'all truly have amazing kids. And as I was talking to the kids and I was just listening to them tell me really cool stories, there were multiple kids that when I look in their face and they're talking to me, they look just like you. It is uncanny the number of kids in our church who your kids are like you 2.0. And I don't want to call any names out, but Nikolai was telling me a story at camp and, and his his mannerisms and his, and his face and even RJ, the way that his mouth was moving, he was talking to me. The same was true for Carson. I was like, man, even the shape of his head, just like his dad. I saw Juliet cut her eyes up one time. I was like, I don't know if that's Lily or Judy, but I see these kids and I, and I see you in them. And it was this reminder to me, and I know it's simple, but it reminded me that they are becoming they're becoming who God has created. They're going to be leaders of companies. They're going to be leaders of churches. And it matters how we steward them right now. It matters that we show up for it. It matters that, that we lead the way for them, that they need us to paint that picture for them. Because someday they're going to be that. And if we're going to expand the kingdom of God on the earth, the very best thing we can ever put our time, talent, and treasure into is the next generation. And we're going to model it by being planted in the house of the Lord so that they will flourish. I want us to shout Jesus from the mountains. And I want us to live lives of integrity. The last thing the church needs, the last thing the future church needs is any more talent, more charisma, more fashion. I'm not here for any of that. And I'm so grateful that we have teenagers up here that are seeking a life of character, integrity, and faithfulness. part of our response time, we have options for you. We have communion that's going to be served to you. We're going to have prayer partners. And here's the invitation. I just actually want to go back to my notes that I took while, while, while they were preaching the good news to us today. And if we're to be disciples, we're going to, we're going to go first. And we're going to raise, raise up a generation to chase after Jesus. I hope that we will go first. I hope that we will be a church that continues to go first. But here are some of the things 
that were preached to us today from God's word that we can respond to. There was a message of confession. There was a message of, I've been bound in my sin. And I confessed these things and the chains started to fall off of me. Church, can we get free so we can lead our youth to freedom? Like, like can, we, can we really come up? Can we confess that we've been dealing with stuff? Can we deal with our sin? Can we stop calling sin an issue and coexisting willfully with sin? Can we deal with our sin? Can we confess it? Can we bring the light of Jesus Christ into the dark areas of our lives so that we can be free? And yes, shout the name of Jesus, but also walk it out in integrity so that we, can, we are sure to bring others along with us. There's a message of salvation. There's a message of God's sovereignty that, that whether he heals me or doesn't heal me, whether I'm on a mountaintop or in a valley, God is good. That's a message for us to respond to. There's a message for us to respond to when it comes to pursuing a relationship with Jesus. That it's not just about being in church, but it's about knowing him. It's about prayer. It's about listening. It's about being used by God, about obedience. And I'm going to end with a question that Kylie mentioned, which is the first question that was asked to humanity. And this will lead us into our response. Time with the prayer team. We have adult prayer team. We have youth prayer team. Y'all come on down. They're going to be serving us in communion as well. But the very first question that Kylie pointed out that God asked humanity was, where are you? Does God miss the son or the daughter that you are? Does he miss you? Does he want you to come home? Is today a day for you to come home? Is, is today a day for you to give your life to Christ? Is today a day to lay down sin? Is today a day to say yes to the thing that he's calling you to step into? What is it that God is speaking to you today? What is your yes moment for God today? There was also a theme of suicide, depression, and anxiety. And I know it's been easy for generations in the past to say, well, kids are kids. They were the same. It just looks different. I don't think it's like that anymore. I think that, it's, that, that the things our kids face today are so much more demonic and sinister and I believe that if our kids are fighting through these things and they are finding freedom, I believe they are anointed to help break these chains off of us. And I hope that if you are struggling with any of those things, let them pray for you today. In the same way they are anointed to preach this good news, come down, let them lay hands on you and pray for you. If you would go ahead and stand. My question as we worship to another song for our response time is, where are you? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, Lord, I, I just ask that you will speak to us. God, that we will seek you. God, that we will listen to you, that we will listen to your voice, that we will take time to hear from you. And God, where are we? Where am I? Do you miss me as your son? Is this a day for me to come home? Do you miss me as your daughter? Is it a day for me to come back to you? Is it a day for me to come to you for the very first time and lay my life down and follow Jesus? Lord, whatever it is that you are impressing upon the hearts of people, Lord, would you speak it clearly to them? Would you, would you impress upon their hearts what their next step is? Maybe it's to say yes to leading. Maybe it's saying yes to being on a team. Maybe it's, it's yes to following Jesus. But Lord, would, would our answer be here I am? Whatever you're asking me to do, my answer is yes, Lord. We thank you for the, for the mouthpieces of our teenagers today. Thank you for leading us through kids. Lord, would we lead the way for them as well so we can be sure to raise up a generation of righteousness. Lord, we are, we're not able to reproduce anything other than that of which we are. And God, if we're going to raise up a generation,
righteousness, Lord, would it start with me? Would it start with my own repentance? Would it start with my own confession and my, my own surrender? Lord, if there's somebody here who's struggling with letting go, would they surrender it to you? Would they lay it down at the altar today in Jesus' name? Lord, would you speak to us? Would you, would you have our full yes in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. Church, as, this, as the band leads us in the song, this is your time to respond. You can respond. Uh, come and take communion. Let them pray over you. Maybe you need to bring something down to the altar, but this is your moment to respond. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Church Podcast. If God used this message to impact your life, tell us your story by emailing mystory@thepurposechurch.com. Be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at thepurposechurch.com to get connected and receive all the latest information.